In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? You have once again come to the podcast that is dedicated to the vigilant study of God's true and redeeming Word. This is our Sunday edition, and as always, we feature our Sunday sermon here, or sometimes a sermon from another well sister church. Our sermon for today is titled, Forgiving the Impossible, and is based upon our Old Testament reading for that Sunday of Genesis chapter 50, verse 15 through 21. If you didn't happen to catch Wednesday the 20th September's podcast, it's also based on this reading and is another great meditation on on these verses. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please, forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. And now we join Pastor Z for today's sermon. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior, who fully and freely and faithfully forgives. Amen. There are plenty of cases where we wonder how it's possible to forgive. Now, if you flip on the the nightly news or you listen to a radio station during the day, oftentimes they break in with a newscast and you hear some just awful thing that happened in the community or in our country. And your heart sinks and maybe you think to yourself, man, at least that wasn't me. Or, I feel terrible for that family. In many cases, whether it's abuse, be it physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, cases of kidnapping or murder, atrocities all around. You know, when I hear those stories, I always wonder how it's possible for the victim to go on living. I always wonder how it's, you know, when your life has been made such a, a hellscape, how do you keep pushing forward through that? How do you get rid of that? We often hear that phrase, you know, forgive and forget, but how in the world is it possible to forget a wrong committed so grievous, so public, so deep, so jarring, or just so outright disgusting where it's burned into your psyche as a human being? When the loss is so great and it makes it look like one's life is just forever tarnished, forever stained. How do people forgive the impossible? Even the seemingly impossible aside, what about on a daily basis? In our own life? An argument that leaves a stain on a friendship or a marriage? 
a disagreement between a parent and a child that seemingly rips at the very DNA that binds them together. Maybe a decision, no matter how great or small, in a congregation that threatens to bend it to its breaking point. Is it just a matter of looking past the issue? As many would say, it's just move on and get on with life. That's impossible, isn't it? And we all know it. Because we know what it is to be a sinner. We know that we all, just like Joseph's brothers in the Bible story that we heard today, anticipated that Joseph would do what? Bear a grudge. As sinful people, we have an impeccable ability to bear a grudge. I always think that's so ironic that people have such a short memory when it comes to like the big things in life or, or when we see God's grace in life. We have such a short memory, just like the children of Israel. You know, How do you forget a matter of God parting the Red Sea? In a matter of days, they're complaining and they're whining and angry at Moses and God. Yet, when it comes down to remembering something that was done wrong against us, we can take that to the grave in some cases. Humans, sinners, have an impeccable ability to hold a grudge. And I guess, you know, maybe it's a matter of the fact that we can have what I can only best describe as an intrusive thought. You know what I mean by that? Where like you hear a song on the radio and it reminds you of a time in your life and all of a sudden you're you're angsty and you're burning with anger and you remember a whole scenario, scenario, you feel like you're there again. It's like muscle memory. Our sinful natures have that same innate ability to make past hurts and past sins, things that you thought were long scabbed over, feel like they're open and bleeding again. How do we forgive in the face of the impossible? All of these things were the case when it came to Joseph and his brothers that we heard in our reading for this, this morning. The deep pain and that deep division that were caused by sin, they can't be understated. And as I said a moment ago, Joseph's brothers knew that the ability to hold a grudge ran deep in their DNA. They had it themselves. But back at the beginning of that story, where young Joseph interprets some dreams. He's the favored son of their father Jacob. And it's like every word out of his mouth was just obnoxious and annoying to them. And he couldn't escape it. And they held that grudge and it burned a hole in their hearts so big that it led them to murder. Well, at least in name. They hated their brother, so they were meant to chuck him down into a dry cistern that they knew would eventually, when it rained, fill up with water and drown him if he didn't die of thirst beforehand. And when they were kind of talked out of that, because that was a little bit too harsh, then they pulled him up out of that cistern and they sold him to a fate that was maybe worse than death. Slavery in a foreign country 
And then they took his robe that had been a gift of his father and they dipped it in blood and they took it back to dad and they lied about his death. Man, sentencing a brother to a fate worse than death and breaking their father's own heart, it's a wonder how these guys slept at night. Well, they probably didn't sleep very well for a long time because in the word for today, we see this is years, years after Joseph had forgiven them the first time. And then Jacob died in Egypt. Joseph was the second in command of the whole country and so his brothers come before him. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? Like the last bulwark had been removed on a sinking ship and the water was just going to come crashing through. Now dad's not around to kind of keep him in check. Or he doesn't want to sin against dad or break his heart a second time. Now the, here comes the floodwaters. They were genuinely afraid and maybe they should have been. Wouldn't be that easy for Joseph to forget or to remember that all like it was yesterday. And maybe sometimes he did. Having been chained to a wagon, tears welling in his eyes, pleading for his freedom, sunlight blurred by the tears. He saw the, those familiar faces of his brothers who hated him drifting into the distance. Uncertain of what lie ahead and there's the rattle and clank of his own chains as they heralded the new reality of life for him. And those brothers, though family by blood, had ceased to become family and in that moment had become his enemies. How do you forgive that? How do you forget that? And so Joseph's brothers are being proactive. They sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. <laughs> this is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask that you forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servant of God and uh, servants of the God of your father. When Joseph hears this message, what does he do? He weeps. He breaks down and cries. Was it because he was reminded of all that had happened and the sin against him? Is he crying at the death of his father? Is he crying because his word to his brothers wasn't good enough the first time that he had, in fact, forgiven them? And now do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Jo Joseph had repeated those words. This is the second time now in Scripture that he has said those things. Don't be distressed. I forgive you. You are my brothers. How is this possible? That instead of an iron fist, Joseph offers forgiveness. Forgiveness to those who had wronged him in so many ways. As the second in command of Egypt, he could have had them imprisoned or killed. And maybe some of his advisors even suggested that he do so. But Joseph sets aside his sense of justice his sense of vengeance, and replaces it with what? He replaces it with God's promise to forgive. That's what made Abraham and Isaac and Jacob so special. That's why they're often quoted. Because they were the recipients 
of the promise. What promise? God's promise to send a Savior to take away the sin of the world. And because it was from the mouth of God, a promise from the mouth of God, it was as already as good as done. Joseph knew that God had forgiven him for all his sin. He knew that God had already forgiven his brothers for their sin. So Joseph is the mouthpiece for God's forgiveness. This isn't simply a matter of forgetting. And this brings us back to the question that we asked at the beginning. This type of unconditional forgiveness and the ability to grant it only comes from one place alone. God's promise to forgive sinners through His promise of a Savior. That only comes from one place because our sinful natures and the world around us, we know what it means to bury the hatchet, but as the country song goes, we always leave the, the, the handle sticking out. There's always those things that remind us or recall us back to those moments of sin. And it is a mark of divine grace, free and faithful, with no strings attached and no memory and true forgiveness that keeps no record of wrongs, that is purely divine. That is God's promise to His people, to His creation. The only way that whether you're in the Old Testament or the New, that we have any concept of such a forgiveness. God's gracious promise of a Savior to take it away. In the Old Testament, God's people looked ahead to Jesus. That God would send somebody to take away the sin of the world. That which was passed down from Adam and Eve in the garden from the moment that they sinned. That God would send the offspring of the woman to crush the serpent's head. And to undo all the things that he had done. Then that promise Joseph, Joseph's father Jacob had received from his father Isaac and his father Abraham. The promise that God would forgive the impossible. The impossible to comprehend. Not just a single instance of sin seemingly difficult to forget. But the mountains and mountains and depths of sin of the entire world of all time. And that promise, brothers and sisters, we have seen in the face of Jesus who, from a human perspective, had every right to be angry at God and angry and furious with people. Even his own friends and family who abandoned him. The people, his own people that persecuted him, tortured him, and put him to death. If we were to imagine the grudges we'd bear, how impossible we'd find it to forgive if we were in Jesus' shoes. Yet He forgives even as it's happening. And Christ bears it perfectly. We see just how incredible God's forgiveness is. And how great that promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to Joseph was. That the fullness of God's grace was to be shown to a people that weren't just existing at the time, but the generations and generations and generations of sinners yet unborn. That Christ on the cross forgave mankind the impossible in its darkest hours when, itself had, when it had killed the author of its own life.
The Lord of glory Himself. And this forgiveness is what really makes our Christian faith unique above all things. I saw a clip the other day of a a Muslim man. Maybe some of you saw it if you have that awful habit of doom scrolling on your phone. (laughs) Um, Saw this clip of a Muslim man who was a former member of ISIS, actually. And if you think about that and use your imagination, I can't imagine the atrocities that that guy may have committed. Yet he was in Jerusalem one day and somebody noticed him. And I don't know the full context of what happened. But somebody looked at him and said, Jesus forgives you. And the guy just lost it. Because it was something that he had never heard before. He had been taught for years. And he confesses this in this in this little clip. He says, I had been taught from the very beginning that Allah was merciful and compassionate. But that we couldn't ever really know until we get to judgment day of where, what God thought of us. Apparently, as this Christian person told him about Jesus and what, had, what, it, what He had done for him, this is forgiveness to be sure of. Debt forgiven and canceled to be certain of right now. Quickly. Immediately. The message that you and I have for ourselves, for our own congregation, for our spouses, for our children, for the one that sins against us. Christ's forgiveness is for right now. Believers are called to forgive as Jesus forgave fully and freely. Or as we heard in the Gospel this morning, as the debt was forgiven to that servant. And still begs the question, how, pastor, if I can't forget it? I think this might be filed under those, uh, one of those instances where God or Jesus' word has been misquoted or misunderstood. Because in the Bible, it doesn't talk about us forgetting. There's no command in Scripture that says you must forget. That's something that only God can do. Furthermore, that simple concept of forgiving and forgetting from a human perspective just pales in comparison to what actual biblical forgiveness is. Which is what was promised through the Old Testament and viewed as as good as done because it came as a promise from God. That which we, through the eyes of faith, have seen. We weren't physically present for that either. But we know that it's, it is being in God's Word, we can trust that it is, as, it is as good as done as well. This is greater than forgiving and forgetting. That all sin has been washed in the blood of Christ. This is greater than forgiving and forgetting. That seeing just how gross and atrocious a sin is, and thinking to yourself, Jesus died for that too. And for all that I've done. And for all that my spouse has done. And for all that my kids have done. This is greater, is it not? Forgiving and forgetting. But rather viewing our sins, yours and mine, as forgiven and washed away in the blood of Jesus, that He forgave the impossible when the impossible to forgive was being done to Him. And all of it was nailed to the cross, body and blood, 
which this morning we still receive. Whenever we come up to this altar, this forgiveness of Jesus is what allows Christians to be a church that, are, that is quick to forgive. It allows us to be Christians, to have Christian homes. As we forgive one another on a daily basis, as we wake up every single morning knowing that your sins, our sins, of our whole family have been purged in the cross. Because while we were still sinners, even yet unborn, Christ died for us. So let it ever be our prayer. Whenever we pray the Lord's Prayer, Father, forgive us our impossible to forgive sins. As we forgive the impossible for, to forgive sins that have been committed against us. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity